Yo, what's going on? Welcome to a special episode of The Breeze. Sorry, Josh couldn't make it tonight. He is with his family at dinner. Can't knock that, but I have a special guest in the building, which I'm going to get to right after my fitness slash motivational tip of the week. So this week's fitness slash motivational tip, um, you know, we talked about a lot of things, um, consistency, uh, you know, things like that, uh, rest periods. Uh, so uh, more so this motivational tip, we're going to talk about the rest. Uh, so we talk about a lot about the action of working out. So we're going to talk about the important, importance of rest. So you don't want to be out there killing your body uh, day in and day out. Um, and if you are, you know, you definitely need those days to recover and kind of bring your body back to 100% so that you can keep going at a high level because uh, everyone knows, just look at a professional athletes, man. A lot of those guys' bodies are breaking down, breaking down, breaking down over over time. And, you know, by the time they get older, you know, they can't even, they're not even a, a percentage of what they used to be when they're professional athletes. So definitely take those rest days and uh, take care of your body. Take some Epsom salt baths, you know, get some massages all that good stuff. Um, so that's like my quick tip for the week. Just the importance of rest, man. Uh, so we're going to keep it moving. I got special guests in the building today. Shy Khan, a genius Khan. You know, the one and only homegirl from way, way back in the Air Force. Say what up, Shy Khanna. What is up, everybody? So right now she was a TDY in D.C. on some honor guard stuff. So we linked up. And I got her in this episode of The Breeze. So right now, I just want to, uh, you know, get get a little backstory from her, kind of how we know each other. And like up to this point, you know, both our careers in the Air Force and things like that. So, you know, take it from the top, man. What, what you got? Shoot. Let's see. Let's rewind back to 2012. Yep. Sounds so distant right now. Shoot. We was both air crew at one point. Uh Made that was three forty four. Yeah, three forty four. And we just really bonded from there. Just we both had the same kind of cool, laid back vibe, whatever. And uh, we continued to keep in touch over the years, even though we was at different bases. He went to Little Rock. I was at Whiteman, Missouri. You know, so that's like what six hours away from each other. Yeah, it was a distance, man. Yeah, so we both linked up. I went to Arkansas. He went to Missouri once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had good times though, like yeah. especially I know you came to Arkansas more than I came to Missouri, but that time we was in Missouri, man, that that was like for real a good time. Um Yeah, I left your ass on that uh that Mr. Freeze. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> ride at uh Six Flags. I would not get on that thing. That thing they said that thing went seventy five miles per hour backwards and then it took you up and dropped you so. straight back. And I don't I don't think we knew that it went back originally, right? It kind of just, I was like, okay, where's this going? And then yeah. I should just zip back. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't do that dropping and zipping back. I got to see where I'm going. So, yeah. Good, good memories, though. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a good time, man. Um, and, like, you know, as a lot of you guys, if you actually, you know, listen to the podcast, you know, like, a lot of my military friends are, like, you know, some of my best friends to date, man. So, you know, you'll, you'll meet some real good people in the military. Um, 
So right now, tell them what you're doing. Like, you know, what's your job now? And what's, you know, what you, what's your side gig right now that got you TDY out here? So um, my trade is supply. So I've been doing that for a while. Just got uh, orders to Robbins, Georgia back in November. So I've been doing that down there. Then I got picked up on a guard, which is like the best job I can have right now. Um, so they got me out here at D.C. looking at the Air Force Honor Guard and actually one-on-one training. The trainers out here, uh, we went to Arlington National Cemetery, seeing the changing of the guard, all that cool stuff. I'm geeked about that. Like, I love that stuff. Like, just being, looking like you picture the military on the mo- yeah, in the movies, yeah. like all sharp, sharp and crisp yeah. and everything. So. I like going out there and looking like that. Have people look at me like, "Oh, damn, she knows she's doing." Like all the moves are, it's cool. So it's a new, it's a new uh, experience for me, definitely. And being an NCOIC, so little B airmen, you know, coming in and getting their first taste of, you know, uh, a volunteer opportunity as big as this. So, so I got a question. So, like, with the, uh, with the honor guard, um. Does everyone get like, it's kind of like a weird, like outsider question. Does everyone get like, you know, rifle training or just like, you know, certain people volunteer to do like the spinning and all that stuff like that? They just kind of see who got skills in there. How does that work? So they do, the rifles is different. So we, we manage rifles during like a retiree ceremony. Yeah. Where we let off the volleys and then we'll do rifles training with colors that have their uh, front and rear rifle and things like that. But you're talking about like drill team. We don't really conduct that at Robbins too much. Um, but yeah, so everybody gets the same training that you would need to go out to a detail, picking up a casket, you know, facing movements, you know, posting colors, presenting colors and all that stuff. So it was a lot. And we got to teach them that within two weeks and have them on, you know, in step, on beat and everything. So it's a, it's a little challenge. But that's what makes it fun. So, have you ever got a like to a detail, and the person in the casket was like heavier than you thought? It was like a hefty person, or you know they put on a few pounds, and so, you grabbed the casket and was like, damn. So, <laughs> so I haven't yet, but the uh, the flight sergeant I'm taking over for man, they said they had a 720 pound casket, and the and if you get a wooden casket, the wood. <laughs> It's heavy already. Yeah. It's like oak. And then you got this dead weight, you know, no pun intended, but you got this <laughs> right. dead weight in the casket <laughs> that you have to pick up. And there's six people on there, girl or male, whatever. You got to hold your weight and they'll go up and down hills and everything. You got to stay in step, you know. So, yeah, you definitely casket training is a big deal out there. You don't want to fall on your face and have the rest of the team <laughs> just walk over you because <laughs> they got to keep moving or whatever. So, on the outside looking in, like I'm sure a lot of people, including myself, would be like, "Oh man, I couldn't do that, man." You know, like give away my weekends and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I'm sure, like they said, the first couple of slaves that got off the ship said that too. And then you know, you kind of you you get you get with the program, but because I got a buddy who's in it, man, and he just he could never do anything because he's like, "Man, my weekends is gone." So, like, how? How is that like a reality check for a lot of people or is it like kind of like they they really enjoy it once they get to it? Yeah, it's something that kind of makes them reluctant to join on a guard. Oh, I can't 
I can't have fun on the weekends, yeah. whatever, but it's so it's so rewarding that and you get used to it that, you know, eventually you like don't mind. You don't have your weekends back, you don't have your Saturdays and Sundays, but you might have your Tuesdays and Wednesdays where you don't have a detail. Yeah. And then, you know, they'll have you, you know, train or do something like that during the day. But you're around so many people, so many personalities, it's hard to not like dislike the job and unless you're like one of those people that nobody likes and then you're yeah. just sitting in the corner not messing with anybody but they forget about that you know because they enjoy the job so much like when i was starting at whiteman when i was in honor guard there i got told <laughs> and i was like i ain't going over there you know like first of all nat's gonna be on you i don't play that <laughs> bugs and you can't swipe because you had attention yeah. <laughs> so but i got over there and it's like the best six months over there in those six years I was at Whiteman, it was the best six months, hand down, hands down. So for those of y'all who don't know, Whiteman Air Force Base <laughs> is in the boondocks, bro. <laughs> Middle of nowhere. Like, yo, she took me to this gas station. <laughs> it was like a 1930s gas station, yo. I swear. The whole town just looks like one of those little abandoned towns from a scary movie, like where the aliens land at. But yeah, one traffic light. Yeah, it's Man, any of y'all that's going to white men or at white men, I'm sorry. Uh, it is what it is, but you know, you'll eventually get your time to get up out of there. <laughs> we praying for you. You're in our thoughts. Um, so next big thing. So if y'all don't know already, um, I'll be shouting out Copeland Music on my Instagram a lot. So y'all follow her on Instagram at Genius Con. That's genius with two S's. K H A N. One more time. At Genius Con. G E N I U S S K H A N. Yo, so y'all heard it here, man. So we're gonna talk a little bit about her music. Um, it's fire. If y'all haven't heard it yet, like I'm gonna post. I'm gonna put some links in the in the story or the description on my Instagram. So definitely get with it. So. Um, kind of tell them about, I guess, how you got into music and then your your like, your mixtape 2017. All right. So when I was little, I wanted to be like my brothers <laughs> and my brothers were always rapping. And so I decided like at a young age, that was what I was going to do. That's my big dream. And then reality set in and I had to get a real yeah. job. <laughs> and so like um, once I joined the Air Force, I didn't think of anything like I enjoyed to do on my personal time. And then one of my boys was like, you still rap? I was like, nah, you still make beats? I was like, nah. It's like, dang, I kind of put everything to the side. And I, you know, was so focused on my job. So I ended up buying a keyboard and then downloading Ableton, which is like, uh, for those who don't know, it's like Fruity Loops, but better. <clears throat> so <laughs> I used that and uh, I started making beats first. And then I was like, because I didn't want any of my... Uh, I guess coworkers can be like, oh, you over there rapping? Cause that's, you know, people usually clown on that. Like you got a career, like <laughs> why yeah. are you rapping? You ain't in the hood or nothing, you know? So I just started making beats and then putting on SoundCloud. And then I realized it's kind of hard to find a rapper to rap on these beats. So I ended up rapping on my own beats. And then I was like, shoot, I should put out a mixtape. So I ended up making beats in like 2015 and then 2017, I kind of started getting better at them hence the name 2017 for the mixtape because that's when i actually like the oldest song on there is from 2017 and then i finished up earlier this year and released the mixtape in like july or something so 
So yeah, that's probably that's my story. So like, I know the first time because you always did like parody songs and stuff, and like the parody songs always funny. Like I watch them and they goofy, like Migos remakes and stuff. So like, you know, on parody songs, you never really like listening to someone's like lyrical content really or like they flow you just like kind of laughing and looking for the joke aspect but i remember you you sent me i think like i heard a clip of everything you wanted that was like i'll say like a hit single off the mixtape um and i was like yo that's that's kind of nice like send me that and then you finally sent it to me and i'll never forget like he was like, yo, here you go, man. Here you like, listen to my SoundCloud. And you know, like, whenever you're one of your friends tell you listen to a SoundCloud, you like, okay. So like, I, I opened the link and I was sitting on the arm of my chair and I was like, I think I was like scrolling through movies on Netflix or something and I put my phone behind me and then, you know, it was on. It's like everything you want. I was like, all right, you know. And then like, it just like took my whole attention like, once you start rapping, like, 15 seconds in, I was like, wait a second. Like, I turned around on my phone, and I was like, yo, this is fire, bro. Like, I hit you back. I was like, yo, this shit is fire. So, like, you know, not to just, because she's my homegirl, like, not gassing up our music. Like, it's really good, like, content, man. Like, lyrical content and everything. So, like, and I think I told you, I was like, I was like, yo, if you did a whole mixtape like this, I would listen to it. I'm pretty sure I told you, like, something along those lines. And, like, the whole mixtape, man, is just, like, you know, straight fire, lyrical. It, it's good, man. So I definitely urge y'all to check it out. I bought the mixtape. It's on Google Play. It's on Apple, Spotify, probably on Pandora. It's on like every music platform. It's on there. So check it out. Genius Con 2017. Um, y'all will not be disappointed. Y'all can thank me later. Um, so once you i'll I, I ask you this so like once you get out this will kind of lead like to some other topics that we have once you get out like of the air force and you know start pursuing other things do you want to like pursue that more like get better equipment start networking more and like you know get the word out that you can produce and rap and or rap yeah i want to do that because i don't want to be somebody's supervisor somebody's tech sergeant rapping yeah i'd rather get out and do that um on my personal time and it's, it's it's just something that i really really have a passion for i think i'm good at so it's definitely gonna i'm gonna get my business degree probably start my own studio label or whatever i have to do and then i'm in georgia so atlanta's like right up the street from robin so go up there start connecting with people and so like the whole move down to georgia is like okay this is good time yeah, it's a good now move. i want to have the opportunity to get out there and network so yeah Definitely. So, like, I guess if you were to start your own studio, would it be like, you know, you rent a little office space and then, because I'm, of course, I don't know how music works. So, like, you know, you're going to charge people for the studio time. Do you have to be there or is it like, you know, hey, y'all time up or like, how's that going to work? Because, you know, like, like, especially young African American rappers <laughs> now, nothing against y'all. Like, I'm black too, but like, they have this image that they try, they got to uphold. So, you know, one guy's going to be in there ending his session when his, somebody he beefing with coming in and, you know, stuff gets started. Cause that's how Slim Duncan died in the studio. Mm -hmm. um, Bankroll Fresh got shot right outside the studio. Like, you know, how would you kind of, what, like, what would you put in place to kind of negate that? I think I'll just start small. I had that little studio somewhere um, accessible to, anybody 
I don't know too much about it. I think that's something I'm gonna learn during trying to get my degree. So, but I have a little, I guess, oh, uh, what do you call it? like vision for it? Yeah, just start small and then, you know, make the mistakes I need to make in order to grow and get better and connect and all that good stuff. Make my money. So, but producing mostly is is what I'm gonna be doing. So you'll be you will be there for that to like assist the the rappers and stuff producing this. Like, yeah, yeah so I can see that. Learn how to be an engineer. And, master my works and all that good stuff so and so, producer gets they don't get enough credit out there too man so many of these rappers can't rap it's just the beat yeah <laughs> the, you know making the song great so because uh you know watching the wu-tang series on hulu like um realizing that the rizzo was like the he's like the glue that like from the series i don't really know too much about wu-tang like i'm learning from the series so he's like the glue that brought Wu-Tang together. And he's a producer. Like, everyone's like, man, you know, they was not taking him serious at first. And then he was like, you know, selling drugs to get his equipment. But he was like, legit, like, hey, we need to do this together. Like, the producer is like, the, the, the man behind the scenes pulling the strings or woman behind the scenes pulling the strings. Yeah. But, so, like, I, I agree. Like, I didn't think the producer had as much uh, pull in music groups until... And even NWA, like watching that man, yeah. just you know, watching how how Dre was and stuff like that. You like, all right, they do hold a big part of like the actual music. Yeah. Um, so two things with that. Um, you know, I always support my homies and black business. So whenever you need to get that started, let me know. I'll shoot you some money or some <laughs> time or some advice or whatever you need. Like it, it always got to be financial uh, to help out some black businesses. It can be other avenues. And uh, two, like, I would say my piece of advice, maybe, like, have an app so, like, you mm-hmm. can schedule it. you like, hey, man, it's set in stone right here in the app. You know, you schedule it, you buy it online, you buy your time slot, and it's, it's you know, black and white. So, you know, that's less traffic in and out the studio. And then, I, I, I don't know, I think that will work. Uh, but that kind of leads me to the next topic that I wanted to talk about for a while, but uh, me and Josh, we just, like, y'all know how we are, man. We we so inconsistent with y'all. So I, I apologize for that. I'm going to keep apologizing for that. Um, but I wanted to talk about this whole secure in the bag thing that's running 2019 and why I think it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So first, let me get your take on secure in the bag, what it means to you, and, you know, just, like, your brief opinion of it. Well, I mean, according to social media, it must be like just getting that money. It's just another way to say it. I'm sure it ain't nothing new to what we've seen in the past, getting to the money, getting to the bread, securing the bag. That's what it seemed like it is, but I mean, what you think? All right. So to me, I see the way it's portrayed on social media, securing the bag. I'm doing air quotes right now. Mm-hmm. Is pretty much like saying money above everything, like get money by all means. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this with my friends before in group chats and like, you know, serious settings and why, like, I think that whole mentality of securing the bag is negative. And before y'all jump on me, like, hear my reasoning. So once y'all get to this level of secure the bag by any means, right? It's kind of like 
securing a bag is the only goal. And it takes, it kind of like the way I see it from, you know, my eyes look outside looking in is like, it's, you know, F everybody else. And, and granted, it might not be this for everyone. Like some people might genuinely just, you know, have a work ethic. But overall, it seems like it's like, get this money by any means, like anybody get in your way, cut them off, um, get this money. And, you know, that's it. And it's like, okay, but like, what, what else? Like, what else is there? And there's like this notion that money is, uh, like money is the end all be all. And I don't see it that way, man. If you know me, you know, I spend money. I say like, I'm really, I'm really good with my money. That's why I'm able to spend money on the things that I do. So I don't take money as serious as like, oh, I got to get this money. I got to get this money. Like money is just like, it comes and it goes, man. So I feel like if you look at it like that, you'll be more successful than like, I got to get this money, hold on to it, and stack this money, stack this money, stack this money. Like what happens when you die tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the money don't go with you. You burn all these bridges in the process. You cut off all these people in the process and you got a bank account full of money. Like, what is that doing for you? Like, I never, like, even when you think about like the old things, like Mason P. Diddy, more money, more problems, stuff like that. When you really think about it, that's some like true deep statements. Yeah. It's like, you, how many millionaires, billionaires out there beating their wives, killing themselves, doing coke, you know, domestic disputes, running from cops, getting arrested. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, so if money was the root of all evil, uh, money, if money was like the answer to everything, all these NFL players wouldn't be going crazy, you know, yeah. slapping their wives up, having four five baby mamas going crazy, getting sued. Every, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that was the case, like once you make it to the league, you're done. You got your hundred million dollar check and you good, right? Because they secured the bag. So like. If a hundred million dollars isn't securing the bag, like what is it? So I don't know. It's just it's just like maybe I look at it too deep. Like maybe I'm looking at it in a different aspect than a lot of people. But the way I see it from social media, like people are like money over everything, and I don't think that's the right mentality to have. It's been like that for a while, though. Even money, money over everything. It's just got a new name to it. It's yeah. just a different era of it. But I personally, I don't see nothing wrong with it. I see, you know. I mean, anybody using it from hairdressers to aspiring artists to, I think they just, um, I think it's for people who come from different backgrounds, like who never really had money and don't know, you know, what goes along with it. They just see this glitz and glamour and, you know, and social media, everybody think they're diff- living a, living this type of life anyway. So they're like chasing something that doesn't exist. So I think that just, Along with it, but I think that's just for young folks who never had a dollar to their name anyway. They mm-hmm. don't know, I don't know, just never really been around a lot of money. Yeah, because like, it's like, okay, then how much money is enough money? Like, what is what is when is the bag secured? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I feel like like that's a daily thing, you know, you get, I mean, secure the bag, you be like, let's wake up and you know, another day, another dollar type thing, yeah. secure the bag, and then. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure people who make those posts ain't think about 401k. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I just feel like, you know, they they take it to the extreme with it. Like, I see what you're saying. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, let me get the money today. But a lot of people are like, gung-ho, like, yo, this is my mentality. Like, secure the bag, and that's it. And it's like, so, you know, do what you like, be happy, enjoying what you do. Like, that, for me, like, that matters to me. Like, I feel like the money that I make from doing what I enjoy is nice, but, like, I'm never like counting dollars, really. I'm just like, you know, hey, I'm going here. I'm, a, or even like, you know, after the Air Force, when I when I want to coach or teach or be a guidance counselor, or, you know, I just want to like have that impact, like that having an impact on somebody or like coaching some kids to a finals or like a, a championship. Like I feel like that is what I think about more than like how much I'll make from that job. Mm-hmm. Like I never think about like. Oh man, if I'm a coach, you know, I'm gonna make this much. Yeah. I just think about like if I'm a coach, you know, I want my kids to be, you know, I want to see them improve before my eyes. I want to see them winning. I want to see them getting championships. I want to see them staying out of trouble and looking up to me, like being that positive figure. I, but it's never really like how much money I'm gonna get out there because I, I always feel like, you know, I just, I know I'm gonna be okay, like financially. Like I just feel like that. So you say like the the term secure the bag just lacks that genuine type of thing. Like these people ain't really looking for something that they they're passionate about. Yeah, they yeah. Just, that's I think that's my gripe. Like I feel like that's what it is. Maybe maybe they need to get to a certain place where they just need to separate themselves from other people though. And maybe they think that that bag is going to do it. Sometimes they just be flexing though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause man, I haven't really thought too much about that term. Really, it's one of those things I just swipe by. Yeah, so I just see it so much, and then like me and my boys got a group chat, and you know we'll we'll post stuff in there, like tweets and memes and stuff, and it's always like some people talking about like you know your friends they come and go secure the bag stuff like this. I'm like, dang man, like it just I don't know, it's weird stuff, but you know that kind of reminds me of like. Floyd Mayweather, we all got duped in thinking uh, McGregor was really going to be like competition. Yeah. I remember watching that fight. I remember like the weeks leading up to it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe McGregor does have a be in Mayweather, you know? And then as soon as the bell went, ding, 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 I was like, no, he's, yeah. he's fucking 49 and 0. Like, like he's not going to win. He never stepped in the ring in Boston at all. It's a whole different technique. And I was like, okay, I just got scammed. Yeah. You know. And then, you know, Floyd May- Mayweather secured the bag, He's I guess. Like, I made a I made 180 million in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, dang. But so, yeah, I see where it lacks that that passion in it. It's just, yeah, securing the bag kind of cold. Like you'll dupe somebody or like, you know, yeah, I'm I'm snake-like. here for the money. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, but I mean, I feel like that's like that's kind of how they got everybody into that fight. This is a little tangent. We ain't we already talking about Mayweather and stuff. But, like, you know, just watching ESPN and sports nowadays, you got sports analysts, experts, analytics, and you got half of them saying, this is why this team's going to win or Floyd's going to win. Mm-hmm. It's guaranteed, foolproof. And the other half is, I mean, they're compelling arguments, too. Mayweather... Um, Greg is gonna win, bro. This is why. And they throw these crazy stats at you, like on a Tuesday night in February, a right-handed white boxer never lost, and you, just weird stats like that. So you know they kind of get you thinking, like, oh snap, maybe, 
maybe he does have a chance. And then you buy that junk for pay-per-view yeah. to watch Floyd Mayweather not get hit. <laughs> yeah. But, but, um... Deception is real. I mean, that's just my take on it. Like, if y'all think I'm being too deep or looking at it too hard, just let me know. Um, I'll tell you, know, we can, we can hash it out uh, like adults, and I'll tell you more about my opinion on it. If you got some different opinions, what's a what's a uh, phrase you would use in substitution of secure the bag that would, like, I don't know, add that certain um, passion to it? Chase your dreams, like what? <laughs> nah, I would say like, I don't know. You know, we, me and me and Josh talked about us on a, on a. A previous episode or previous cast as like you know kind of what's your definition of success or being successful yeah. so like i mean i don't know we'll have something like that like you know just try you try to be successful you know because everyone's definition of successful m- may vary um some people might have a dollar amount on it like a i.e the security bag people some people might have like a you know some type of uh statistics they want to hash out like hey i want to help out you know x amount of people or you know i want to like i said like my thing was like i want to get these kids to a championship or you know just you know just try to be successful man don't don't worry about the dollars like i feel like if you're genuine in what you want to do and you genuine in your product and your brand like the money is going to come from that more so than you just trying to get money and get money and find ways to get money. Yeah. So, like I said, that's my take, man. You know, I'm always happy to talk to y'all um, about it. So, just, you know, hit me in my DMs or whatever and be like, hey, this is how I feel. We can talk it out. Uh, but we're going to move on for now um, to a, a topic that uh, I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to talk about. So, you know, I haven't really, like, stop my position on it yet so i'm gonna come off the fly but uh we're gonna talk about polygamy and relationships so yay or nay what you i mean what's what you want to talk about yo shoot uh, my my opinion of it yeah i like, say to each his own i used to be like when i was younger i was like no it's one man and one woman you know we're gonna get married and nobody's gonna be involved in our relationship yeah and now you realize how people are and they're gonna have somebody in a relationship anyway so you might as well just be open with it but um i you know be on social media and sometimes we'll roll across those uh those um posts and uh people are kind of like almost it's so backwards like people are bash like monogamous relationships anyway yeah thinking they're something of the past I don't know, but you as a man, though, you know, with a with a heightened sex drive, <laughs> what do you think about polygamy? First, do you think about settling down? And then if you do think about settling down, would you settle down with more than one wife? Or, um, so, like, I have, like, different opinions because I'm a Muslim. So, like, you know, there's the Muslim side of me that's saying like you know thinking the one way and then there's like the the american side of me i'm ashamed to say you know having the other say i'm african no no, but yeah (laughs) but like so the american side of me is like you know it's kind of been engraved in i guess western society that like hey man one man one wife um you know picket fence couple kids 
good job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like that's kind of like the the dream, but I want to say the reality is like I, I always say this, man. I like I'm like any dude. I'm sorry if y'all offended by this, but this is just how I feel. I'm like any dude that's been married for 30 years and never been caught cheating or been quote unquote faithful to his wife for 30 years is is lying, bro. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. He's lying. He's just great at hiding. She never found out or she did find out, but she didn't like she moved past it because he was a good husband or maybe she got revenge and she had a fair on the side too or vice versa. But you're lying to you. You're lying, bro. I don't care. I do not care who you are. Like at me, bro. I'll fight you. Dang, I think they they call that dry snitching. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but like, I'm gonna be upset at you. Like, I mean, it, man or woman, yo. Honestly, I feel like the human nature, like, and I'm talking about, I'm deep. I'm going deeper than just like culture at this point. Like human nature, like God given like you know ability in your in your body is like not to be content with one partner not not that's say, not what my bible say not not, <laughs> say, not saying like not saying that you got to have two people at the same time or you know you're going to be out there doing dirt every day but you know, there's always somebody prettier. There's always somebody n- nicer. There's always somebody like, and then it, it becomes like that grass is green on the other side situation. Like you might chum up with a, a girl, a male or female at work that kind of, you know, they kind of make you feel happy a little bit. Y'all crack jokes. They flirt with you a little bit. Maybe they, you know, they just like make you feel happy. And then you get back home to your husband, or your wife, and you kind of going through the daily routine of like husband, wife stuff. and He's like, man, well, that that was something new. I've been married for 20 years. Like, you know, my little chick at work I talked to, my little work wife or work husband, you know, they're cute. They flirty. It's something new. And it's appealing, man. Human nature, you're going to bite off on that. And I just feel like my Muslim side of me, you know, that says, like, you can have one man can have four wives. Like, the older I get, like, I kind of understand it. But I definitely wouldn't want to do it with like, uh, with the way like we're our culture is now. Like, it would be impossible to have four different American wives. Like, they would they would literally kill you. Like, at some point, like one of them would kill you. Oh yeah, definitely. They'll plot. Yeah. Why you at work? Like, there's no doubt in my mind. But like, you know. And for whatever reason, there's like the notion that Muslim men like treat all their wives bad and all this stuff like this. But I've literally watched my, uh, I call my brother Muhammad. Um, He had like three sisters at the time that he was like courting. And they all knew about it. They all older women, they had kids and stuff like that. And literally like, you know, he would do his, like how he's supposed to do, spend equal amount of time with them. And like they they all knew like it wasn't nothing crazy and it worked like it was perfect and like he never had really issues out of it and they you know but they have to be like open to that and they're open minded about it it's not like you know America I ain't sharing my man or I ain't sharing, you know like yeah. that so you know don't kill me because you know that's like, that's my religious side speaking on that 
But, you know, the older I get, the more my like my my horizon broadens like mm-hmm. and I understand. You have more like open minds. Yeah. Cause like like you said, when I was younger, I was like, nope, nope, one, like that's it. Like I'm a boy girl for the rest of my life and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that I won't. Um, but I I, I can see the other point of view now. Like I'm like, oh okay, this is this is how you're able to have four wives, you mm-hmm. know. But you know, like you said, to each his own, man. I know people are gonna get butt hurt because, you know, everybody takes their counseling from social media nowadays. Oh yeah. Like if you go to so- social media for counseling, you already lost, man. If you go to social media for anything, the news, relationship status. Yes. You're gonna be in a warp kind of reality. I go to social media for jokes and anime and like art, man. Like I do not take my relationship status from or my relationship advice from social media. Absolutely not. You don't end up with a hot girl. And it ain't cause she hot. <laughs> it's cause she burning out there. <laughs> so, you, you gonna be hot all right. Yeah, be careful. So here it's okay. So this is off topic, but it's something I brought up earlier this week. So what's your take on so you know like men are a lot of men already look at women like you know, as I guess like sexual objects, right? Mm-hmm. So like what's your take on the women like Megan the Stallion, like where she literally wears nothing but like bikinis and thongs and stuff as she performs. I was like, as a female artist, you as a female like I said, because I told my friend or I told somebody, I was like, isn't that exhausting? I was like, why wouldn't you just sometimes want to wear regular clothes? Mm-hmm. Like, and not in a demeaning way or nothing, but, like, if I was a female artist personally, like, yeah, I'm sure, like, it's nice to look sexy and be all like that, but, like, when you just want to wear something regular, like, sometime, like, I'm going to just wear a jersey, you know, with, like, a, a crop top under it and some blue jeans and some Nikes and perform like this. Uh, well, it's a formula. Sex sells. I mean, Lil' Kim did it. You know, Nicki Minaj did it, Cardi B did it, and he's one of like the top selling female artists. Sex sells, man. So I think that's part of it. Rather they like it or not. I mean, I don't even think strippers really like their job. They just like the money that comes with it. They probably rather strip in a, a crop top or like a, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But like doesn't that set, doesn't that set like the 70 year old inspired rapper back? Cause now she's like, well, I can't rap unless I'm half naked, like yeah. during my concerts. Yeah, definitely. There's got to be, I don't know, man, because I don't really see anybody else doing anything different as far as, like, my favorite, one of my favorite female rappers is Young M.A. Yeah. She got bars for days. I think she's better than any of the rappers that I just named. But because she's a lesbian and then she's also masculine, she doesn't sell or get that much attention as these other girls. So you see, Megan Thee Stallion, booty out, all right? And then Young and May, some joggers and some Tams. And Young and May's way better than what you know. Everybody knows Hot Girl Summer and, you know, all that good stuff. Even the City Girls, I mean, they came out. They did their little twerk anthem and, you know, all that. And they're popular. Excuse me. So, also, um, I think the content is-, is, the content matches, too. Those, like... I saw like a, a brief thing about what Jermaine du- Jermaine Dupri said, I guess, about 
female rappers just being like strippers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, granted, ma- male rappers don't really rap about much content anyway. But at the same time, like a lot of male rappers, it's like the lyrical content. Like some of them have lyrical content. 90% of them don't, don't get yeah. me wrong. But like, I know for a fact, like literally every single one of Megan Thee Stallion songs is talking about riding dick and popping pussy and stuff yeah. like that. I was like, as a female rapper, like, wouldn't you want to rap about like something else sometimes? Like, could you have like three popping pussy songs and then like a lyrical song talking about, you know, I don't know, something, something else? Well, I think it's, I think that these artists today do not care about the art of hip hop or rap or anything. I think it's something that they use to, because obviously anybody can have a number one hit, you know. Yeah. We was just listening to Blueface, Tatiana. Yeah. And that was his breakout hit. Like, so, I mean, you know, if the reverse or the roles were reversed and some girl came out with Tatiana, she'd be on top of the charts too. Like, so I don't think, and you saying like, oh man, when did you want to rap about something more lyrical? I don't think they actually care. care. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think you got a lot of people just abusing it um, and just using hip hop more of a way just to get money, you know, secure the bag, right? Yeah. And then that's it. So yeah, I get why you say secure the bag is bad. Yeah. Like, if you don't care what, what goes down with it, nothing's sacred, including friendships and arts and history like yeah you're gonna get to the money by any means necessary if you got that means if you gotta take your clothes off shake your butt and do whatever so like perfect example like for female artists who keep their clothes on make good music lma her yeah scissor like yeah they i mean i think janelle monet yeah i think like for the first time i saw janelle monet in like a bikini in one of her videos recently but like they dress normal like normal people make good music and they sell that's true um i don't know i think uh but it's different because they're they're r&b artists so yeah they're more sensual yeah you know? and they can be sensual with the with a candlelit dinner in the video and just be like oh this is my jam yeah lma videos they wish you'd be just standing in the gym and just in a over like a windbreaker <laughs> or something you know and then you know everybody likes that song and now when they was wearing tuxes for you know god knows how yeah. long like yeah so but it's a different type of element that you're in but i don't know why the rappers approach it like that i don't know i think it's like i said it's, i guess it's just a formula and if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of thing so yeah i don't see anybody trying to do anything new or stand out like back in the day there were so many different artists and so many different styles like um for instance like Craig Mack had Flavor in Year. Yeah. And you had like Buster Rhymes, LL Cool J, and um, Biggie on one track, and none of the flows were the same. Nice. Like everybody had their own specific style and everything. It was, you could collaborate right now. Anybody could switch verses. I think everybody got a ghostwriter, really. Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't even matter. Like I could do Papa Pussy, da 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 da, and probably go platinum or something. But that's just not the route I want to take, but yeah. seem like it works. Seem like that's going to continue until somebody else sets a standard, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Me personally, as a man, like, of course, there's that part of me, like, <laughs> you know, I'm looking, I'm like, dang, you know, you know, she looked nice. She got nice. But like, honestly, 
that goes by real quick. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm done with, you know, done checking her out. Uh, like, whenever, like, a Megan Thee Stallion song comes on in the car, song, I turn it immediately. Like, I, don't, I mean, it could be good, but to me, it's just not my cup of tea. And it just, I'm just like, no, I can't, I can't listen to this. But kind of what you were saying, though, that I saw a meme, it said, I miss the old days when people who couldn't rap didn't rap. <laughs> and it's so true, because, like, you actually had to have some skill to get your foot in the door back then. Because yeah. you couldn't just upload your song to 6 billion people on Instagram. Yeah. But now you can make a bogus song in your closet, upload it straight to Instagram. Like back in the day, they was outside of record labels, passing out tapes, yeah. trying to run into Diddy and give him a tape and freestyle for him. Like, yeah. So it, you actually had to know how to rap to get your foot in the door back in the day. Now. It's just it's like polluted, yeah. But you know, there's still there's still a good art, good artist out there, man. For every good artist, there's two whack artists. Um, but we'll leave it at that. Uh, I I feel like we could talk on that subject forever. I know me and me and Josh do a lot. Um, uh, so out for I mean that's our time for this one, man. We'll cut it kind. We'll cut it here. We'll let uh I'll let Shaw do the do the closing remarks. Um, shout out her. Uh, mixtape 2017 one more time y'all better follow her y'all better check that better. music i'm gonna put it out there so i'm gonna go to your followers list and just dm all of right <laughs> y'all here so yeah uh just you know give some little closing words for the cast and we'll let the people out of here hey so um yeah i never did one of these before but absolutely so genius con 2017 you know, I'm an artist. I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> so make sure y'all go out and get that. Um, shoot, I think that's that's it for me. And just follow me, period. You know, I post a little bit. I uh, make skits as well. Um, I, I'm sort of a comedian. You know, I think I'm funny. So, yeah, just follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'll follow you back. Show love and some support. Yeah. All right, y'all. Till next time. The Breeze, we out.